another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation, this time another Skyper. Hoping to be back at Artichoke Music soon. Very happy to have composer, singer, keyboardist, and the only international star I ever heard of who grew up in Malala. Jared Lawson has a new album with a lot of Oregon stars and also including the great percussionist Sammy Figueroa and Amber Navron and her Moonchild Band. It's called Be The Change and it's about as relevant as relevant gets. It's got that Jared Lawson sound, layered vocals, funky keys, and something to say. Let's talk to Jared Lawson. Jared, hi there. It's uh, nice to see you. Uh, and we are looking at each other, even though the other people can't see us, which is good for me. Although you look pretty good. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Great to see you. Yeah. Long time. Uh huh. Long, long time. Last time I saw you, we were doing a. Uh, you were on the cover of the uh, print version of Oregon Music News, which was a, a nice try for a yeah. year. It was, you know, it was one of those artistic successes, you know. Sure. Yeah. Um, it was a great picture, you know. Does, you, you look a little different now. <laughs> Just a little bit. Like <laughs> being all together. Yeah, but well, it was a long time. Long time. It was a long time. It was a yeah. long time. All right. So yeah. you've got a brand new album out. Well, it's not that not brand new, but it's new to a lot of people. Right? Yeah, a couple months old. Uh, yeah, and um, I've been playing it on the radio. Thank you so much. And it's called, it's called Be the Change. And the title tune, it seems just seems to be... When did you write this tune? I actually wrote it, I think, back in maybe 2016, I think is uh, a good approximation anyway. Prescient. You know, I mean, people keep asking me if I wrote that during this COVID era. Right. You know, because the lyric obviously ties into it's very relevant to what's going on. And, yeah. um, you know, I, that's the thing about a timeless message, right? That's... Um, that's kind of usually been one of my focuses when I write lyrics is to write something that I think will be relevant when I'm writing it and will be relevant, you know, down the line in the future. So, you know, it's funny because the first line is, where do we go from from here? Mm -hmm. And Dumpster Funk just had just released an, a, a tune with that name. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> so um, what what is what is the tune? What is the tune about? What's the album about? Well, the song really is about it's it's about kind of I guess reassessing this sort of human condition and and taking a look at at holding ourselves accountable mm -hmm. in some way and kind of saying you know f for future generations our children what type of a world are we leaving them and and can we maybe take a look at being more responsible about the world that we're going to leave mm -hmm. the future generations I think for me that's really kind of what inspired me to write the song yeah yeah and and it's just it's it's it hits home even much much harder now don't yeah, you think i do which is why it it seemed like when we went into lockdown you know the world was just on fire and i was like what what the hell am i gonna do right now you know to make mm -hmm. money to get by to survive and all of that and it was, you know, I didn't get unemployment money to come through for like seven months or something. It was just yeah, like yeah. total, you know, just absolute nightmare. But what it did do was give me some free time to focus in on getting this record done. And mm -hmm. I thought you know, a lot of the messages that I'm trying to convey in this really need to be heard right now. So this is a perfect time for me to, you know, to wrap it up and get it out there. 
Yeah, yeah. What what was left to be so, done? Well, for the most part, there were some lead vocal tracks that needed to be, you mm -hmm. know, finished up. Mm -hmm. um, and, but but the main thing that really needed to be done was the mixing and the mastering. Mm -hmm. You so, are known you're known for your layered vocals. I mean that's a, that's a that's that's a, that's a, you know, that really is a signature thing for you. Um, yeah, I think so. When, when did that start and how did it start? Well, probably I, I suppose those seeds were kind of planted in my mind way back when I was a little kid listening, you know, to old seventies Stevie Wonder records. Yeah. And yeah. listening to him, you know, layer his own vocal over yeah, and yeah. just all of these different little, you know, vocal ideas coming in from the uh -huh. out on the outskirts of the sound stage and it's like I always was kind of infatuated with, with what Stevie did in that regard. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. yeah, that was very much I think the initial inspiration. Yeah. You, you don't mind if if people compare you to Stevie, do you? Sure. I sure don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would anybody mind about that? Uh, well, you know, I mean, people people have egos about that sometimes. You know, I don't sound like him. Come on. I'm myself. <laughs> I mean, whatever. You know, it, it's clearly he's a huge inspiration to me. And, yeah. um, you know, if I could point to any one particular musician that I kind of modeled what I do after it would uh -huh. probably be Stevie Wonder, you know, so. And in, for, and, and content of your lyrics also? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, Stevie really embodied the total package. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was, not only was he a great lyricist, he had, the, you know, this incredible voice and was incorporating jazz into R&B and mm -hmm. funk and, mm -hmm. you know, like all the things that I wanted to do. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah. um, so when, when, did, you had music in, in, in your home growing up? Yeah, yeah, very much so. My father, uh, you know, from the time I was little, my, my father had his own recording studio and a band of his own. Oh, wow. And I recall him recording and, and having, we lived down in the Bay Area at the time. So I remember he had like, um, I forget the name of the guy, was it Kidder Thomas, who was... Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, bass player um, down in the Bay Area at that time mm -hmm. was playing for a lot of different acts. Um, you know, but he was like opening up with his band for people like uh, Steve Miller Band and the Doobie Brothers, and uh -huh. he was always always telling me stories about going to these after parties with the Rolling Stones and stuff like that. Huh. So he was like he was in the scene. Did you get to go to any of these things? The, uh, my first memories were made in that kind of environment. Really. Wow. Yeah. Anybody in particular that sticks in your mind? Um, as far as what do you mean? Well, being in that environment, people that you met and saw, heard. I so, well, I'm, this was from the time of like, you know, zero to eight years old. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't remember a lot of like specifics about it. I just recall, you know, we lived in the recording studio. It wasn't yeah. really a proper home. Uh -huh. But I just remember spending a lot of time with my dad kind of like in the control room i'd just be like touching buttons and faders and things you know and um and i just remember mostly him recording with his own band uh-huh uh -huh. is he uh, still around he's still around yeah not not playing too much music these days he's uh -huh. about 72 i guess now yeah and uh you know he's got arthritis and all kinds of problems he doesn't hardly ever pick up his guitar he's actually quite an accomplished jazz guitar player really um yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. Do you like but, your records? 
I'm sorry. Does he like your records? He loves my records. Yeah, very much so. He's very, um, very supportive. That must be. That must be like tremendously gratifying to you. Very much so. I mean, don't don't we all want our dads to like to like our our work? We do, and and you know the interesting thing is, like like many men, I have a very or have had a very tumultuous relationship with my father. Well, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but that was music was kind of one of those little touchstones that we always had, you know, yeah, that little yeah. common thread that we could always come back to, and and uh, you know, even even through the toughest of times. When it came to to my music career, mm-hmm. it was super supportive, and um, yeah, just always made sure to let me know that that he had my back in that That's regard. That's great. So, That's great. Yeah. So tell me about the band on this record, or or bands. Bands, yeah. There's mm-hmm. a couple of different uh, ensembles. Mm-hmm. One of which is like Reinhardt Meltz on the drums, uh, with Damian Erskine on the bass. And then Sammy Figaro on the on the congas, of course. Um, and then some of the other tracks. Wait, some a, of the other tracks. wait, wait a minute. Let's get sorry, let's go stop ahead. right there. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got some heavyweight guys on that album. Yeah, that's true. Sammy Figueroa. Yes, sir. Now was was he? Were you able to record live with him, or did you have to? Or was this after the the pandemic? So in the case of the songs. Or maybe it might just be one song that he's on with Reinhardt and Damien. Yeah, yeah. That one, that one, um, we didn't all record together. Yeah. But I did have Sammy here in Portland, and we recorded uh, "Be the Change," "How Long," yeah, um, "Embrace What We Are." Uh-huh. A few of those songs we recorded yeah. all live together with uh, Corey Lemwak on the drums, uh-huh. Chris on the bass, uh-huh. uh, Trent Barspool on the guitar, and then Sammy uh-huh. and me. What did you learn from Sammy? Oh man, Sammy is just one of the most incredibly intelligent yeah. and enthusiastic, wonderful human beings I've ever met in my life. Um, I learn things from him all the time. Anytime I get I get to be in the room with him, you yeah. learn something about it could be anything. It could be something about like, you know, physics or you know, <laughs> yeah. you know he'll like just bust out something super, super scientific. That you have no idea, you know, they'll be talking about like just some crazy, crazy old, old school knowledge, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. dropping on you at, at any time. Um, but from a musical standpoint, I have to say his enthusiasm for music, he's so like he's just bursting with ideas. Huh. All you got to really do is like, you know, give him give him the go ahead to kind of let, you know, let loose. And he'll yeah, just explode yeah. with ideas, whether it's, yeah. you know, actually physically playing something on the conga or mm-hmm. whatever it is. He might just vocalize that. You know, like he just yeah. has all these like explosive ideas come out of him. Horn parts, you know, like he'll just start singing horn parts that are, like are super musical and, <laughs> and fit into the scene. Um, we didn't actually use any of that in this particular record, but I'm mm-hmm. just saying like that's the type of guy that he is. Oh, and, his stamp! Uh, his stamp is on it, though. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh, and 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 Reinhardt, and which well, is funny because, of course, Reinhardt's dad is Bobby Torres, another, another conga yeah. player. <laughs> right. Exactly. Did do you know if uh, if Sammy and Bobby know each other? They definitely do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that they've probably run into each other for many, many years, though. Yeah. I yeah. think it's my understanding. <laughs> but yeah. 
Um, okay, so who else? You, uh, there, there's uh, um, who, who is that female singer, and what's what's her band? Oh right, so uh, we have Amber uh, Amber Navron, yeah, from Moonchild, mm-hmm. and she's accompanied by her two. Um, uh, we've got Andres Matson, mm-hmm. who plays uh, keyboards and flugelhorn, mm-hmm. and Max Brick, who also plays keyboards and plays. Uh, does he play? Is it saxophone? Anyway, you know yeah. they, they they all play a horn. So like Amber plays the flute and she plays saxophone. Like they all play horns and yeah. they and they play keyboards and like they're all producers. They're really incredible musicians. So that was a huge honor to get to work with them. And Amber's voice is just really special to me. So. And then there's Max. Max, yes. Max, Max Ritner, who is. Who, who who has matured in front just before our eyes? Yeah, really, really solid, yeah. wonderful player, yeah. beautiful player. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody Never. else that we're missing? Um, there's a couple other cats. Um, okay. Well, of course, John Nastos. Aha. Made an appearance on there. Played some uh-huh. woodwinds for uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. He's a, quite a capable woodwind player and can play just like a whole handful of instruments. As well as Hans Toiber, who also played uh-huh. Woodwinds on Be the Change and How Long. Uh-huh. Uh, Do you know that John built the original Oregon Music News website? <laughs> no, I did not know that. Yes, he did, a lot, he, did, he, he did a lot of the work when he was in the pit band at Portland Center Stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and he, like, makes apps and... Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just a super, super tech guy. <laughs> but an incredible player, of course. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, so how you you've been doing a lot of uh, live streaming, haven't you? I haven't done a lot. I did one. I did one live stream uh, from Classic Pianos. Oh. Was that about what, about a month ago? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of my first live stream, actually. Really? Yeah, but I'm looking to do some more. I'm, I'm kind of just starting to get more familiar with this process, and, and kind th- of like, it was just you and the piano, and no one else there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that must have been more like recording than performing, was it? Well, you know, not exactly because so I had like a moderator there that was kind of uh, like you know we were answering uh, back and forth. He was asking me questions in between songs, and uh-huh. and then I had like um, I had like an iPad on a stand there also with uh-huh. all these comments coming in <laughs> in real time from people on Facebook. Nice. So it, it was a strange thing I've never really quite experienced before, where I actually could look over at the screen and see people, you know, saying, "Hey, man, sounds fantastic," or whatever. Or oh, that's good. Yeah, so um, it was kind of fun to be able to, to sort of check in with them for a second and say, yeah. "Hey, what's you know, yeah. friends over in the UK, see you know, see yeah. on the screen or whatever." You busted loose in in Europe and the UK. It was amazing. I mean, not like you didn't, not not like you didn't deserve it. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, I mean, everybody who knew you here, and because I go back to when you were with, playing with Jaybird. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and um, and then all of a sudden, boom! You, you know, you 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 you're you're a star over there. How does it? How do you? You know, how do you deal with the combination of? That and then you're popular here, but not quite as as big as you are in England. Yeah. Well, the thing was, you know, when I put out that first record, 
um, it got kind of swallowed up so quickly by these DJs over in the UK. Yeah. The demand became really high in Europe. Um, and I really just had to put my focus there. And so I ended up signing um, a distribution deal with Dome Records, mm -hmm. which gave me distribution all throughout Europe. Mm -hmm. um, and I subsequently also signed a deal for Japan. So I ended up, you know, having really good distribution in those territories, but I never signed a distribution deal for the U.S. at all. Wow. So that really explains a lot of why I'm now trying to kind of play makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to catch up here in the U.S. Yeah. and, and yeah. really try to figure out where the markets are, where my music makes the most sense, you know, mm -hmm. so trying to kind of figure it out. The U.S. is such a huge um, nation, you know, so it, it's like there are certain places where my music really is well accepted. Atlanta, yeah. D.C., New York, Chicago, yeah. Detroit. Yeah. It's taken me a minute to kind of figure out, you know, to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Ever heard the Tom White song, I'm Big in Japan? Yeah, <laughs> that's a great song. <laughs> this is <laughs> Big in Japan, I'm Big in Japan. Great song. Oh, your voice sounds just like it, too. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I used to play, uh, the piano has been drinking on my radio show all the time. <laughs> oh, nice. Great song. Um, okay. Uh, Tell me some more about some. Do you have a favorite song in this on this album? I mean, I don't probably have one single favorite. I have favorites. Um, I, I think one of my favorites is probably "How Long," the final, uh -huh. the final cut on the album. Uh -huh. um, it's just I don't know the vibe about it. I really love the, the woodwinds that uh, that um, Hans Teuber uh -huh. composed for that. Um, and you you have love songs and anti love songs. <laughs> and stuff, yeah, yeah, I definitely do. You know, I, I tried to um, try to create a balance, I guess, across the album, so that yeah. it feels like when I do go into kind of heavier territory, I can kind of brighten it up on the backside of that with something, you know, give it a little more levity behind it. Because why don't you call me anymore? Is the tragic love song of of every everybody who has ever right. been dumped. Right. <laughs> but I deliver it with like a very bouncy, like, you know, funky, funky track that kind of, you know, it sort of makes you forget that it's a tragic story. <laughs> it didn't make me forget. It didn't? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that I failed. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, it's it's e Evilly, right? Yeah, Evilly. Evilly. Is that somebody you know? That's my girlfriend. That's my okay. Wife. Well, there it's you go. Forever, no matter what happens, she'll always have that, and you'll always have that. Absolutely, that's great. That's really good. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that that was like the only song that I really composed like during the COVID era. Really. The rest of the song, the rest of the album had already been composed. Huh. That particular song I wrote for her right when we met, which was like just before the lockdown. Oh, wow. And I decided, I was like, man, this song has to go on this record. This person is very important to me. Yeah. This yeah. is kind of, uh, yeah, I really want to just make it happen. I got in the studio, you know, my home studio and just knocked it out. Literally came out like in a day. Jeez. Um, just played huh. everything myself and yeah, uh -huh. and it made it on the record and I'm so glad. Uh -huh. So what, is, what other instruments do you play besides keys? 
Um, I mean, I play a little bit of anything I can get my hands on. You know, mm -hmm. I've been playing some four-string bass these days. I played really? the bass on, on a few of the songs. Mm -hmm. uh, Soul Symphony, I'm playing bass. Uh, I'll be your radio, I'm playing the bass. A couple others. Um, I play some guitar. Of course, my dad being a jazz guitar player, yeah. I grew up with guitars around a lot. And, yeah. you know, um, and, and the drums were actually my very first instrument. From the oh, time right. I was, I was about two. I was kind of... Uh, tinkering around on the drums. Huh. But you had drums there in the home, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you didn't have to go like go 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 grab a pot or or something. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I think that's, that's how a lot of drummers start. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And my dad had this beautiful old Ludwig set. Really? That I played on. Uh, actually, we still have somewhere. <laughs> probably probably need some work, but <laughs> sitting around for years. So when you left the Bay Area, did you didn't move? To, you, you moved to somewhere outside of Portland, right? Uh, we moved to Malala. Malala. Or, yeah, about uh, yeah, about an hour south of Portland. I know my cat's of, vet is there. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So you know, <laughs> yeah. So we were kind of out in a little farming belt, little little south of Malala, almost uh -huh. actually, like you know, deep into the farming territory where it's just all fields and and uh, that's kind of where I spent a lot of my life. And really, you know, I think because neighbor was over a mile away, you know, we didn't live close to friends. Yeah. So I really turned to music, you know, and my father's record collection became kind of a little treasure trove for me. And yeah. Yeah. Huh. Do you still, are you still out there? Well, they still own that piece of property. I yeah. go out there just to visit. But um, to be honest, they don't spend a lot of time there anymore. They've got a little spot down in palm desert so they go down there that's nice yeah, <laughs> especially like, this know, time like of year <laughs> yeah exactly it's beautiful down there right now yeah. so get away from the rain uh yeah. listen this is a great album uh jared this, uh, i think you know i hope you're i hope you're as proud of it as because i know that uh, it's making people happy and that's a Thanks. that's a that's a premium at this time it's yeah, a real premium that. you know uh because yeah. there's not a lot to be happy about but uh you know, I mean, there, there are people out there like you who um, are trying to give people some hope. Well, I appreciate that. That means so much. And, you know, I, I hate to say that it feels validating because it just, I just I've always felt that like art shouldn't need validation. But it does make me feel like what I do, you know, it matters. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I want to make a positive impact on the world, you know, with what I do. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Well, you must like applause. Right, you know, it feels good, right? <laughs> of course, it does. It feels good to know that that what you're doing is yeah. is having some positive ripple, yeah. you know, effect across the, the globe. Yeah, that's nice. Well, great. I will continue to play this, um, and uh, I appreciate the time. It's always it's nice to talk to you. Uh, yeah, it's great and, to talk to you. And uh, we are going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna play the title tune right after we finish talking. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tom. Take care. That's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. 